Conversations to Enlighten and Heal. I'm your host, KG Styles. Conversations is sponsored by PurePlantEssentials.com, Organic Aromatherapy. Please subscribe so you never miss a show. I'm excited to be speaking with my friend, Dr. Jude Curvin from the UK. Jude is a soul astrologer and mystic and works with the higher frequency energies being birthed in the cosmos. Jude will talk about the planets as spiritual teachers, Saturn's role in the cosmos, and the meaning and purpose of Saturn's sojourn through the sign of Sagittarius through December 2017. Jude holds a PhD in archaeology, a master's degree in physics from Oxford University with a specialty in cosmology and quantum physics and is the author of several books by Hay House including The Thirteenth Step and The Eighth Chakra. Please join me in welcoming to the show Dr. Jude Hervin. Welcome to the show Jude. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm delighted to have you on the show to talk about astrology and this phenomenal period of history we're currently in. Thank you so much KG as always it's wonderful to be with you and I'm I'm thrilled to be able to do that so and I'm also so excited about the folks who'll be joining us and we're gonna have fun. <laughs> yes, we'll have fun. So talk to us, tell us, talk about the planets of our solar system as spiritual teachers. Okay Okay. Well, first of all, I spell solar system, not S-O-L-A-R, but S-O-U-L-A-R. Because for me, from a very, very early age, I've experienced all that we call reality, essentially as consciousness exploring itself. So my perspective and my experience, our solar system, all the planetary bodies of our solar system, are essentially a group soul and therefore have evolved and do evolve together. So for me it's a very personal experience relationship with, um, with all, of the, uh, all of the consciousness in all the dimensions and realms of our solar system, our solar family. Yeah. And you know for me I started um, experiencing and walking between worlds as you know when I was four years old but I also started to study not astrology then but astronomy then um, so I suppose I'm closer to what the ancients would have been um, which is a combination of astronomer and astrologer a cosmologist um, so you know, over the last probably 30 years, I've developed an ever deeper relationship with the various solar, S-O-U-L-A-R, system and understood how we can attune with them, uh, connect in with their energetics and their essential um, archetypal consciousness um, for guidance and also to flow with their influences because as astrologers we understand that the matrix of, of influence um, is dynamic and flows um, and so to be able to connect with that consciously be aware of it and align with it consciously is a wonderful gift to ourselves and of course these influences play out not just on personal levels but on collective levels and and over the last 20 or so years um, it's not just 
individual astrology that I've been particularly focused on, but how at this amazing time, as you were mentioning, um, this time of a shift of consciousness, um, how our solar system, how the family of planets is, influences, is influencing on us on collective levels. So could you talk a little bit more about how an individual, like some of our listeners today, how can they do this? How can they connect to the planets as their spiritual teachers? What kind of shift do they need to make? How, how do they do that? Well, I suspect that many of our, our listeners, many of the folks joining us, are already in communication with various dimensions and realms, whether it's just their own higher self's wisdom or whether they're connecting with elemental or deviant realms or angelic realms. Um, and it's really to be open to a perspective that recognizes that the planets are archetypal consciousness as astrologers have, have always understood I mean the ancient astrologers um, intuitive and communed with and connected with the deep sense of this consciousness and brought through the various energetic resonances so for example your know, Mercury's resonance is named after the the, the god of, of communication it's about expression, it's about communication, it's about signal, it's about messaging. Venus, there are two goddesses, or two aspects of the goddess Venus in ancient, um, in ancient myth and legend. Um, and the transits of Venus across the sun come in pairs. They, they actually embody this different perspective of relationship. Mars, the god of war, but essentially the energetic, the drives we have, and so on and so forth. So I think the first thing is to be aware from an astrological perspective of what the wisdom keepers of different traditions have perceived as the energetic archetypal energy of our various planetary members of our solar system. And then to open the door as we would with any conversation, any communication, with that awareness. The thing for me, though, that's the biggest help is actually going outside and seeing the planets. You know, the five visible planets, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, are glorious in the sky. You know, the, the Hawaiian kahunas who perceived Sol, as a living being, as a conscious being as I do, and applaud sunrise and honor sunset. Um, the ancients and astronomers know the phases of the moon. They connect in different ways. It's would you make would you have a relationship with someone that you'd never met? Well possibly over the internet, yes. But you know, to go out into the night sky and look up and see the planets, glorious. It's just a wonderful way of just saying hello and opening that communication. And like all spiritual communications, the more we're open to it, the more that spirit comes towards us and helps us deeper that relationship and deeper that communion. Oh, perfect, perfect, perfect. <laughs> Let's, let's talk about Saturn. Saturn's one of the social planets along with Jupiter. Yeah. What do you see these social planets? How are they helping us? I think they're very important, especially at this time, because I think we're really 
shifting in our consciousness to having a whole other different perception of ourselves. Yeah. So what is, you know, we wanted to mostly focus, focus on Saturn, but if you could briefly touch into Jupiter. Right now Jupiter is in Leo retrograde. Yeah. And I see that, you know, I've been looking ahead at some of the ways things are constellating with yeah. the Mars, Venus this year, and that is kind of interesting that Venus is going to do her retrograde in Leo this year when Jupiter's yeah. there. And it's yeah. also going to be hooking back up with Mars, which it's going to be doing this dance right now. It's now as Venus is going into Pisces right now, tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to start doing this flavor of the Mars, Venus, a little bit mm. of touching into that, you know, a little mm. bit of flirtation there with the two of those. And they're going to be doing this dance all year. But I think this culmination point is going to come this mm. summer when they, don't they come back together in Leo this year? Well, Jupiter might at that point, but at the moment, Jupiter essentially has been shining a light um, in Leo. For me, this is my perspective. Jupiter is expansionary. Yeah, he's he's the you know the the the, the, the um, father of the gods. Yeah, the big expansion, the kingship, and of course, he's been relatively near Leo, which of itself is a constellation of leadership, and he's also been relatively close to the brightest star of Leo, which of course Regulus, which is the king star. So Jupiter has really been shining the sense of personal empowerment and kingship, queenship, stepping into our empowerment. And I love that he's now beginning to move away through cancer, which is adding a sort of an empathetic energy to his influence and moving towards Gemini. So he's bringing new ideas into that leadership, that self-empowerment of who we are. And as you say, with Venus there, he's been sort of leading the way for us then with Venus to move into perhaps a deeper, more expansionary relationship with our own sense of empowerment, but how we share that and empower others to empower themselves. So I love the dance that, that they're making. I, I very much agree with that. And, you know, with Jupiter expanding, Saturn has the complementary aspect of grounding us. So, so Saturn then, Saturn's role. Saturn just moves into Sagittarius. Mm -hmm. And what do you see yeah. his role, um, you know, right now, uh, and the primary lessons it's bringing us as it goes through, as it transits through the sign of Sagittarius over the next almost three years? It's almost three years, yeah. And of course, he's just come out of, of Scorpio. Um, for me, on a general level, Saturn's role, first of all, Saturn. Um, an alternative name for Saturn in mythology is Kronos, and Kronos's role was about timing, um, and I ally that to, to Saturn's main primary perceived role, which is about responsibility, taking responsibility and grounding. If we have something to do, if we have something to achieve, Saturn holds our feet to the fire. He's about structure. And a lot of folks sort of go, oh, Saturn. So I love Saturn because with Saturn, you know, calling on Saturn's help, um, we get the strength to do what needs to be done and to ground that, to make it practical. You know, Jupiter can go off into flights of wonderful, joyous, inspirational fancy, but Saturn brings us back and says, yeah, okay, this is fabulous. 
how do we ground this? How do we make this practical? How do we um, materialize this in our lives? Um, and with Saturn having been in Scorpio the last three years, we've actually been through a time, I feel, where that intensity of um, it's really sort of life and death. Um, we've there's been a massive amount of things being risen to the surface. You know, Saturn in Scorpio delves deep into things that we might not like to admit, acknowledge, recognize, or deal with. But by those three years, he's brought all of that up, in my perspective, to the surface to be dealt with. And of course, as he's moved now into Sagittarius, the essence of higher mind, greater awareness, that searching for truth, that searching for deeper understanding, higher awareness. I think he's bringing all that's come up over this last three years and he's now taking it, how can we expand our awareness about abuse? How can we go beyond you know, denial? How can we find ways of moving beyond fear? Um, and acknowledging what we need to acknowledge in our world. Because if we don't do that, if we don't move beyond the old denials and the old patterns and the old fears, we can't transform our world. We can't transform ourselves. So I think these last three years of him bringing all of that up that needs to be looked at and so close that it's been progressively more and more challenging for us to deny it, brings us to a point where with his essence now of moving into the higher awareness that Sagittarius offers, we can say, oh, that's what's happening. And oh, look, and instead of being fearful of the oh, look, we can look and through that higher awareness find ways of resolving issues, problems, challenges, um, things that no longer serve us, things that are no longer sustainable whether it's in our personal lives or collectively, in our relationships with ourselves, with each other, with Gaia, um, and all the family of Gaia. So, and it's interesting that in June to September, he dips back into Scorpio, just for a few months, just for a sort of a course correction, to then just back into Scorpio one more time, just to say, have we brought everything we need to out in the open to be looked at? And if and as we have, then he's got a clear run through Sagittarius, as you say, for the next for the three years. Well, I think it's very fascinating, too, that Saturn is doing this square dance with Net at this time. Oh, yeah. Because it, it's, we're just getting a taste because it's like we need to get out of this place of being in denial, being in avoidance, being resistance facing our fear so that we can realize these dreams, these ideals, we can birth uh, these higher wisdom. You know, I think that's, you know, we're just kind of sweeping things. Clean. It feels to me like there's this purging, cleansing that's been going on for yeah. just intensifying, intensifying, uh, making everything so that we can get real and really do the work of bringing the spiritual into the material. Uh, what do you think about that? Oh, I totally agree with you. I think it's what you mentioned right at the beginning. And what's so fascinating is that over this generational period, from about 2008 
to the mid-2020s. You know, we've got Pluto in Capricorn. He's transforming structures. The old structures either change or collapse. They can't hold the old hierarchies, the old uh, mono, you know, monolithic structures. They're being taken down. Pluto's doing a great transformation job. We've got Uranus in Aries, the great revolutionary in the sign of personal responsibility, the sense of self. Revolution, you know, revolutions without leaders so much. Everyone's a leader. Um, everyone has the opportunity to step into their own empowerment and become part of a movement and movements for change. And Neptune, of course, in Pisces, which is very much about a much more spiritual perspective, uh, a much more expanded and spiritual perspective of our sense of reality. And of course, with Chiron alongside Neptune in, in, um, in Pisces until 2019, we also have the the, the great influence of our personal collective healing, showing that as we do expand our sense of awareness, um, as Saturn's going to help in Sag, as as Neptune is helping in uh, in Pisces, that we can heal all those limitations, all those rigidities, all those fears that have held us back for so long. All the planets are showing up. <laughs> and, and helping us to work our way through this. Yes, yes. Well, that kind of takes us right back to what you were talking about. We were talking about earlier about the planets as spiritual teachers to begin to see life more from the perspective of that everything is happening for us. Everything is here perfectly aligning to help us realize our highest potentials and to let go of the, the our smaller selves. The way we've operated in the past, it was there's no judgment here, there's no blame. We're ready to grow up. We're ready to be mature and take our place in the universe. I see this almost want to get chills when I even say that right now. I know. Taking our place in the universe. What do you think about that? Oh, well, you know from the books I've written and my life experiences that I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, I feel we are in a birthing process um, of an evolutionary new era, and it's a, a conscious evolution, evolution of consciousness, rather than physicalized evolution per se. And, you know, just going back to what I was saying, you know, you asked me about how to connect with the planets, and I, I, I said, go outside and look at them in the sky. You know, wasn't being facetious about that. I really mean this because if we go back to our to our solar system, my sense, my my perspective is that when we are ready to have a planet become visible, that is what becomes visible within our collective psyche. So, for example, the inner planets, the personal planets, are always visible. The social planets are visible. But the outer planets, Uranus was discovered in 1781 at a time when we were going collectively through major revolutions, planet of revolutions, the planet of waking up. Neptune was discovered in, in sort of 1840s, 1846, at a time when our sense of reality was expanding communications. We were going over oceans and spreading our wings in terms of our awareness. And of course, 
Pluto was discovered in 1930, where we're already starting to transform our world um, in many ways. And Chiron, the, the planetary healer, was discovered in 1977, which I date as being the time when in our collective psyche we began this healing process and of course you know our healing process is part of our remembering of who we really are and the letting go of what no longer sustains us so now we're finding that outer planetoids are being discovered that are adding nuances to our collective psyche um, like Sedna and Orcus and the trans-Neptunian Plutoids, the little planets. So I feel our remembering is not just the remembering of our psyche on an individual level, but also on a collective level. And that's going in parallel with us remembering the collective consciousness of our solar, S-O-U-L-A-R, consciousness so the more we can commune with the members of our solar family the more we can really remember the wholeness of our own greater sense of, of selfhood and collective psyche for me that's a crucial aspect of the shifting consciousness well as you're describing that right away I you know because I myself Whoa, what a huge identity that is. To a thing, I mean, it's just really moving past this very limited construct identity I've had of myself. And so that's so expansive. I mean, that's yeah. there's so much room to grow, to evolve. <laughs> that's being yes. that's available. And so of course, you know, the the place we've been coming from which is a very small, limited identity. The, most of us have been very identified with ego, the, the, the lower mind, the split mind. We've been yeah. into blaming and judging and contrast, and which is, there's no blame or judgment of that. That's a part of the whole evolution of our consciousness. It's like having training wheels on your bike. It's not wrong to have training wheels. But then there comes a time when it's time for you to let go of the training wheels and and begin to have direct knowing. That's one of the things I, for myself, that's happening, is that I no longer need the whole contrast, but I just have a, a direct knowing. It's a direct experience of what to do, where to go, you know, what to, you know, it's not, you know, there's not a lot of rational, I don't really, I don't really use a lot of that. You know, it's this direct knowing. Do, do you relate to what I'm saying at all about having direct knowing rather than going through this whole, rational process of <laughs> what to do. I mean, it's so cumbersome to work that way. It just slows things down. So, I mean, how, what, how do you relate to that? I mean, <laughs> I relate very much to that. And, you know, over my own journey, over nearly 60 years of, of, of progressively um, expanding awareness, it's just such a joy. Um, to, 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 do, to, to be in this direct experiential, this direct knowingness. But what I've found over the, oh, at least two decades of really working ever more on this solar consciousness is how it's then just another step to expanding into galactic awareness, to expanding into universal awareness, to expanding into cosmic unity 
awareness. But the reason I love hanging out with my bros in the solar family is that in a way um, I just feel that as we expand, as we remember, we're all part within our solar system of this coherent evolutionary process of consciousness that you know has been going on for four and a half billion years so far and so for me they really are it is my family and its widest sense you know my family of humans my family of, of Gaia my family my solar family and on and out and I know there's a lot of folks who are really moving into perceiving galactic consciousness but I'm just suggesting that they might want to hang out with the, the fellow members of our solar family as a bridge to that because in a, in a, without that we're almost moving from uh, that sense of self to that galactic sense of self or whatever. Um, it's rather like making an internet friend in, in Hawaii but not speaking to my next door neighbour. Um, and I'd like to do both. So I just feel that the more we can remember and embody and grow progressively into these ever greater holographic perspectives of consciousness, it's just so enriching to our own sense of, of connection and communion with all that we call reality. Yes. I love that word communion. Um, also, so would you just kind of give a few sort of anchoring words to use for the primary lessons, the meaning, the purpose of Saturn's sojourn through Sagittarius that people can, you know, relate to that would be helpful to them? I feel it's about he's doing it to ground our expanding awareness because with Jupiter as I mentioned having been in Leo this leadership this kingship the sense of our own who we are in the wider sense and then moving into Gemini which is about awareness ideas without Saturn's presence in Sagittarius there'd be a danger that it would be just ideas and what we need individually and collectively in my view is to ground those inspirational spiritually based uh, understanding and awareness and make it real make it alive in our lives make it practical in the way that we can transform our lives um, find resolutions to, to issues to, to you know move beyond limitations that no longer serve us that's what he's doing in Sag. He's grounding, he's making practical, he's making real our ever-expanding awareness over these next few years. We need his help and the more we can commune with him, the more we can align with that influence, the more I feel we'll, we'll enable it to flow, not just through our own lives, but through our collective experience and evolution. Well, it, you know, if, if you're open to it, uh, you know, we can have uh, open it up to see if our viewers, your viewers would like to ask any questions, any particular questions they might have about anything you've talked about, you know, really 
or the planets of spiritual teachers. Does anyone out there have some questions to ask Jude? Just type your, just enter your question in the chat window, and I'm sure Jude would be. This is your opportunity. Anybody have a question? Anything you want to know about at all with Saturn and the planets or how you can use this time for your own growth and any questions you have about in your own personal life, you know, how so do you have anything else to add? We're not getting any questions. I see people, <laughs> but nobody's giving us any questions. So, well, maybe KG, just a thought. But if if folks want to sort of sit with this for a while, because it's pretty big stuff, but yet it's incredibly practical and and you know relevant to every one of us, um, they can always email me. Uh, with any questions uh, afterwards. I'll be delighted to respond to any, or if they'd like to send them to you, um, to send on to me. Oh, you, can post, uh, you can post questions uh, and I can, you know, just let you know and you can come on the YouTube channel and answer questions, okay. you know, below the video. I'd be so, delighted to, yeah. yeah. So just opening it up, you know, uh, for, for anyone who has questions, uh, you can just post them below the YouTube or... And just, just a, th a final thought, you're asking about Saturn. Um, if people want to go out and look for Saturn, because he's, he's quite dim, Jupiter's very bright at the moment near Leo, uh, Venus is beautifully bright, sunset, um, Saturn is less bright, but Saturn is going to be just to the right of the moon in mid-February. So if folks want to look for the moon, and the lunar will be uh, uh, just new at that point, or around new at that point, they should be able to see Saturn as a, as a tiny yellowish, what appears to it as a star, just to the right of lunar. Wonderful, wonderful. I actually have uh, had the uh, guidance to mention people to get out and view the night sky, uh, and I, you know I need to have that in my regular broadcast to to give pe let people to know to connect, go connect with the planets as living beings to really commune yeah. with them and begin a conversation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. Station where they can, they can, you can get a personal message from the planet that yeah. can assist you in your in your soul journey. So, you know, I I do that myself. I and I I need to just bring that more into my broadcast. Uh, but I do. So I encourage other people to do that. So thank you for bringing that. So, all right, G. Well, thank you so much for joining us uh, for this episode of conversations to enlighten and heal. Um, I wanted to thank everyone else for joining us for this episode of conversations to enlighten and heal with Dr. G. Curvin. Please subscribe so you never miss a show. 
we do have quite a nice lineup of guests coming on the show. My next conversation show will be with my friend Jonathan Goldman. Uh, Jonathan Goldman, as you may know, is an award-winning sound healing, recording arti artist, and a leading pioneer in the field of sound healing for more than 30 years. Every year on February 14th, Jonathan hosts the World Sound Healing Day and, uh, in February, and this year, 2015, marks the 13th annual World Sound Healing Day, so stay tuned. So uh, you can look for your next Leo Full Moon Astrology video forecast available later this week. Have a beautiful day, everyone. A warm mahalo. Much love to you. Wishing you all happy days always. Thank you again, Jude. It's been such a pleasure having you with us. Thank you for taking your time to be here. Okay, G, you're so very, very welcome. And have a wonderful day, everyone. And look forward to being with you again soon. Okay. Until next time, relax, enjoy your life, and stay connected.